It's Driving Change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. Have you ever had an employee quit and stay? Have they mentally checked out, but they don't leave the company? You did nothing, but deep down you knew you should have. After this employee was gone, you look back and realize something should have been done much sooner. If this sounds at all familiar, then my friend Dave Murphy's story is for you. Today he shares when this happened to him and the lessons he learned. Dave, how are you? I'm excellent, Jeff. Glad to be here. Well, welcome to Driving Change. Pleasure to be here with you. It's, uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I can't wait. <laughs> it, always, it always is. It always is. <laughs> Talking to you is always fun. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> How mutual. long have I known you, by the way? Uh, Jeff, you've known me over 12 years. Oh, my God. Jeez. Yeah, since 2004. I was going to say I have kids younger than that, but my <laughs> youngest is 12. So. <laughs> my God. So um, you, you had shared with me some things recently that I just had to have you on to talk about. So, um, you, you had this situation in the shop, right? what was it, three years ago? Yes, we made a change three years ago. Three years ago. And um, you had a guy that you really thought was a good guy. But I'm wondering, you know, it, it seemed like that you had this, this nagging feeling for a long, long time. Even though he was great with people, even though he was great with the technicians, even though all the vendors loved him. There was something nagging. What, what was nagging? What was going on? Well, that, that really he wasn't great with all of these things. I mean, it was very superficial. Uh, he, again, I'm looking, you know, I think we all want comfort from our employees. We want them to take care of things for us. And, and he did. He was dependable. Um, he, you could count on him to, to do so many of the methodical things that needed to be done and without question. And that was great. And that went on for many years. As I said, he'd been with us. He'd been with us almost ten years at the point uh, that we terminated him. What did you tell me? Your coach said that he was what seventy uh, percent of. Uh, yeah, my, my my coach had been telling me <laughs> that I had seventy percent of a, of a manager, and uh, you know, just uh, dumb old Dave. I'm going like, well, where's where are we going to get the other thirty percent at? And the point was, we're not. Right. <laughs> right. We're just not. It's, it's not in this individual. You know, there's a saying. Um, from uh, Jim Collins. I don't know if you read any of Jim Collins. Yes, I have. But he, he says good is the enemy of great. And, you know, when I think about that 70%, I wonder if maybe that's good. That's good. But, that's exactly what good but is. But if you want great, it's you need to be going closer to 100%, right? That's right. You or do. Or above. That's right. So how long did you settle for good? For good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, be uh, almost nine years, and over <laughs> nine and a half years, I settled for it. But you know, I knew, I knew for three years probably, and I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna bear it that yeah, we knew for a while this individual was not going to get Murphy's Auto Care to where Murphy's Auto Care we we knew we could get to. And therein lied the problem with the leader. Three years. Three years. I yes, as a leader, wow. I allowed this. To, to just shove it under the rug, to let it go, because good It'll enough, better, good right? enough, 70%. We're making well, yeah. money. Well, you know, we can all fix people. Yeah. We all believe we can fix people. Uh, we can fix cars, so we can fix people. <laughs> <laughs> I was a master tech, and I am a master tech, so I must get, well, you know, what is it I can't fix? I, I obviously, obviously, I can't fix Got a person. Tools, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so yeah, so there's some revelations there you you uh, you know you encounter along the road, um, but it was uh, a challenge, and it was um, you know I knew where this was going to end. It I just wasn't willing to make the decision on when it was going to end, until the fateful day of my one of my weekly coaching calls, uh, of which my wonderful wife is always involved with. In me. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, she is. We do. We're, we're a team, Jeff. We work this business together, and uh, I mean that sincerely. I know I you do. I know you do, and she loves you, Jeff. And uh, um, but at any rate, uh, in that coaching call, and I and I can remember this clearly. I I almost didn't want to be in that call because I knew the question that was going to come up, and I I actually t- attempted dancing around it. You know, attempting to divert and go, go to other conversations, uh, but the question still came up, uh, Dave. We have done this long enough with this individual. You as a leader, when are you going to do something about it? And, uh, and I wasn't going to get out of that box. What and, day of the week was that? That was Wednesday. Wednesday. My call was always on Wednesday. What did you tell her? Uh, well, I, I told my wife and my coach uh, that I would take action on Friday. Two days. I had two days to, <laughs> to stew, fester, worry, uh, you know, <clears throat> conjure up all kinds of craziness in, in my head. And it was all fear. It was this huge fear monger that just got bigger and bigger. Um, but it, I still had to overcome it. <clears throat> uh-huh. It did not matter. It had to occur. I had to uh, terminate this person. They had to leave our company. Um, and, uh, and it did. It took place. So, but those were two very difficult days emotionally for me. Um, up to the point of and un, including that moment of releasing this person from our company. You know, I just was, I just thought of something. I wonder if that day hadn't happened, if that intervention or that boxing in the corner or uh-huh. whatever, whatever you, metaphor you want to use That's right. on that Wednesday didn't happen, would that guy still be working for you? Quite possibly. Quite Three possibly. Years later. That, I'm just, it's possible, yeah. I mean, if you take a moment and think about it, if there wasn't really, oh, it's ridiculous. Push. The whole point is ridiculous to have allowed it to go on that long. Um, but those are the things that you know I, I have seen on not only myself but in many business leaders. Um, you know, there's we we got other fires that we pull in and want to fix those fires instead of the real fire, the real yeah. problem. And uh, it's it's difficult at times to face those those things. But if we're going to lead our company where we want to go, we have to do it. So let me ask you this then. You know, you, we say he was a 70% of a leader. You know, what were the signs? What were you seeing that, better yet, what were they seeing that was letting them know that this was a 70% of the leader? What well, was going on during all these years? Well, what was going on was um, as we were consistently um, looking at numbers because this person's also had a responsibility as a salesperson mm-hmm. and to deliver service they they could deliver great service and take care of your customer from a perspective of make them happy but we weren't making the company happy because we weren't making the profits that we deserve to make for what we were doing were one thing and this individual would agree with me that yes that needed to change and would agree that yes these were his responsibilities and yet he would make an attempt, half-hearted, to do something for a week, 10 days, two weeks. I'd see some improvement, and then we'd fall right back off. And uh, that cycle went on for far too long. Um, 
it wasn't a matter of he couldn't do it because he proved that he could do it. He could do it for a week. He could do it for 10 days. He could do it for two weeks. And then he would make a conscious decision to not continue to do it. And that was an indicator to me that that's something I can't fix. That's, I believe, in his own personality, his own makeup. It wasn't important enough to him to do this mm -hmm. and make that change. So you were looking at this, you know, I don't know what period of time it was, but, you know, maybe let's say over the course of a couple of years, your Jan's beating you up, your coach is beating <laughs> you up, and, you know, all this is going on. And, and I would be willing to bet that there was a certain degree of, hey, wait a minute, and I got to defend this guy, right? Because you're friends with him, too, if I, if I understood well, that. Well, I became probably. friends with him. I became friends with him, yes, uh, and through the process. So that probably played into some oh, absolutely. decisions. And, but is it fair to say that there was this, this, this gut or this nagging feeling somewhere every time we're, we're putting up that wall and fighting back with these individuals that are trying to get something differently done, that even though you were putting up your dukes and, and, and putting on this front, mm -hmm. in the back of your mind going, we got to do something about this. Every week, absolutely. Every week, as I would do my weekly audits, and I would, you know, I would look at the results. Uh, it was, it was more and more evident. There would be these moments of, you know, uh, grandeur when, when he would turn the corner and he would do something correctly. You know, for whatever reason, don't know what it was, but it would occur. But overall, it was not occurring consistently. And what really shed the light on it was, was he also worked with a second manager. I have two managers that are in our business running it with our shop. And this other individual had the fire, had the desire, and also had the same uh, accountability requirements and was consistently pulling ahead of this individual. And he was pulling ahead of his supervisor, more or less. I mean, he was doing better every week than the person who was supposed to be coaching him and running him. And so it, it was clear. It, something had to change. And the only one was, you know, I, I was the director of change, and I, I needed to make it happen. I wasn't doing it, and I was dragging my feet, and, uh, but no longer. So on this journey of uh, being counseled, we'll, we'll be kind. <laughs> on this journey of being counseled, um, and you're fighting back, and you're, you're yeah, yeah, moments. I'm resisting. Yeah, I'm resisting, very much resisting, but, but yes. internally knowing that they're right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, when it came time to, for the rubber to meet the road, it, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that your, your final decision was probably two things going on. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Was, I got to get them off my back. I'm tired of this. So we'll do it Friday. Okay. But also at the same time, I got to make this go away. We'll do it Friday. Was, would you, was it fair to say that, that that was running through your head, or can you elaborate a bit more? Yeah, it, that's fair to say. That, that would be accurate. Um, to say that I wanted to get them off my back, um, I knew without any doubt. Two years it, of discussion. It, it we was, were at a point already, yes, right? that's right. It we was, we uh, were past all that. Right. It, was, it was time. I should have fired myself. That's what I should have done. <laughs> because, uh, because of my lackluster performance to do this. But, so you so, were 70% yeah. of a leader. I was too. Like. I was. I was. <laughs> but now I'm 110. <laughs> well, I'll ask your coach. <laughs> I'll ask Jan. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so uh, yes, both of those those thoughts were running through my mind, yeah. absolutely. And, um, but it, do, it does not make any difference. Those things 
you know, yes, those were the nagging thoughts eating away at me, but it was still evident this change needed to take place. I can only imagine how difficult and how scary those two days must have been. I would liken it to, and this is really one of the thoughts I thought, I, I felt so badly about it, it was as if I was, you know, firing my brother or yeah. my sister. Yeah. And, and I know people who have, who have had to do that. So I believe that's even yet more difficult. You know, but it doesn't mean you don't care for this person, you don't love them. I know. It, it just means they can't be here anymore. It's this so relationship's hard. not working. It is hard, but it's in the in the end, it's better for everyone. It truly is, and it has played out that way. It's been better for everyone. How many times have you had to fire somebody in your career? Oh, over the twenty-five years we've been in business, uh, I've fired, <laughs> I'm sure, dozens of people. Um, you know, yeah. I, I've asked that question to many clients, and I had one recently that actually said to me, he's probably been in business longer than you, mm-hmm. and he said to me, this is the first time I've had to fire somebody. Uh, it's, you know, either people leave on their own accord, right, or because they hold on to them way too long and they end up yeah. leaving eventually. Right. Or... Um, Depends on how you define go. <laughs> Depends on... <laughs> they can be fired and still be in your company. I mean, unfortunately, they can, you know, and that happens in a lot of situations. My uh, point is, though, if you mm-hmm. don't do much of it, if it hasn't happened that often, yeah. how much more difficult, how much more scary is this moment because you just don't do it that much? It's, uh, you know, it's like facing a cage full of lions. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I'm sure it manifests itself in so many different ways mentally for people. Um, and it, I, my advice would just be is you have to understand what fear is. And, and you're manifesting it. You're the one that's making it much worse than it is. And until you can grasp that and realize that you're the only one that can change this and can relieve that fear for yourself. And that was what that moment was for me. It was like, I have to do this because I can't continue to live this way. Uh, so the change was necessary. So you made the change. Right. Or in effect, you, you dropped the hammer, so to speak. Okay, and now this individual is removed from the equation. Correct. What's, what's business look like now? What's uh, different? Our, our, what's tomorrow? Well, tomorrow uh, at that point in time was, had some uncertainty, but uh, like always, we you know, overcome and we roll through it. Uh, and I think this is true of, of almost all individuals. Uh, most people are very resilient. But our business has grown. Our business has grown considerably. Um, most of all, the atmosphere and the culture is far more um, uh, palatable for everyone in the, in, within our business. Uh, everyone operates now um, as a team. And, and I didn't realize this. I thought they were operating as a team. But uh, until you talk to people after a change like that's made and you realize there was a lot of issues, a lot of dissension in the, among the ranks, but people, when they see a leader not do what a leader needs to do, mm-hmm. um, they'll either leave or they'll find a way to, to make it work a for themselves. good people because we don't make the decision we need to. We certainly do. We certainly and the do. truth is, you made a comment that I, I just have to elaborate on. When they see a leader not doing their job, they really look up to the leader above and say, he's not doing his job. So if our general manager is not doing things the way the shop thinks it should be done, who's really failing the business? The and what message does that send? Which is why correct good people end up leaving. Absolutely, right? and corporations all across our. There's only our a certain world. amount of time they're going to tolerate that. That's right. That's right. Um, they, you know, they come to expect a, a culture. People want. I believe people want to perform. 
the majority of them do. They may not want to perform in this business, but in the given the right environment, they'll grow and they'll perform and they will make the company better. Um, this individual obviously wasn't in the right seat on the bus mm -hmm. and not even on the right bus yeah, maybe. in this case, but the rest of the players were. And that made it very difficult for all of them to be harm, you know, have harmony within the company. And that's tremendously important. Um, I could be removed from it. And that's one of the reasons I, I continued to ignore it. Um, you know, I saw the signs. I had people come to me and say things, uh, but I uh, ignored it, which was tremendously bad. So, so we get through all of this. We, we recognize the problem. We make a decision to make the change. We make the change. You know, initially things you know are scary, but but optimistic. Morale sure. improves. Right. You know, the business is starting to hum along, but we still have this void within our company. And I would think that you would probably agree that to get rid of someone who's that loyal and and be seventy percent to replace them with someone less loyal at the same level or below would not have been a smart move. So the goal would have be to get someone who either is at a higher level or has the desire to be at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So the, the move is to trade up, essentially. You're right. So here's my question. Knowing you have to trade up and knowing that Dave was able to bring someone at 70%, if Dave continues doing what he does, he's probably going to bring in someone at 70% again. So what really had to change? Well, I had to set a new goals, higher expectations, and um, get a new picture of what really excellence looks like. Um, I, I knew based on the numbers that we were generating, and, and maybe to better il illustrate this, this other individual that worked side by side with this person already was delivering excellence. So I, I had a I picture had a of it. For that. I had a model for yeah. it, and I, and I had a working model for it. Right. Okay. So now I just needed to duplicate it. Um, I thought we were going to be able to duplicate it, which goes back to, I think I can fix this individual, which I couldn't. Right. So it, it's kind of the old adage of, you know, with our customers, well, fix your car, fix your car. And no, it's time to not fix your car anymore. Right. <laughs> Let's get a new car, right. <laughs> a vehicle. So we, we needed to get a new vehicle. We were fortunate that we already had another person. So the business itself was not going to be tremendously impacted initially. It wasn't as if we had no manager, no right. service writer right. uh, out of the gate. So we could still survive. Uh, so we, we did look externally and we looked internally and finally settled on an individual f internally that wanted to move into, that, into a position at, in, at our front counter. So very fortunate in that way. But now the expectation was set right. as to where we were going and both of these individuals have exceeded that. So they understood what their job was Absolutely. going to be from the beginning versus someone that may have worked for you 10 years ago when you didn't have those expectations set and then all of a sudden things start to change and his, his level of being a part of that change may be somewhat jaded because, well, it's, you know, it wasn't that way before. That's not how it was when you hired me. And, you know, what are those nagging feelings he's having? You know, I, 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 it's funny. I think about when I coach somebody and I hear that all the time, you know, well, you know, it's not the way we do it here. Or, well, we've never done it that way. And duh, that's why we're talking. <laughs> that's why we're right? talking. That's right. And, and, and <laughs> the truth is with an employee, the same kind of thing can happen. Our, our tendency is to fight back. Absolutely. And obviously you would have loved for him to join you on the bus instead of dragging him on the street. Oh, absolutely, you. absolutely. And that just couldn't happen. No, it, it could not, it could not. Uh, one of the other effects of it, unintended consequences was is that now the 
all the individuals knew I would, I would take action and I wasn't going to tolerate ah, it any longer. Yeah. So uh, it's a new inspiration for all of them that if, if Dave is willing to take out the, the leader as we see him and make a change, uh, you know, it's one thing to remove a shuttle driver. It's one thing to remove a technician. It's one thing to remove those positions within the company. But when you take out a key player that's underperforming, uh, everybody gets the message very quickly. Mm -hmm. He's the agent of change, and things are going to change, and we, or, you know, we better fix this. So well, To make a sports analogy. We tightened up. Exactly. What happens when the team doesn't do well? Who's the first person to go? <laughs> the coach. <laughs> that's right. Right? That's right. And the team that's can right. see that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So at this moment, what happens? Hopefully we trade up to a better manager, and we learn from the mistakes from what we had with and, our previous that is manager. key, to learn from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that takes time and reflection, which goes back to, you know, we, we've learned that we're, and we knew this going in, but we're going to hire very slowly. We're going to be very selective and make certain that this is a really good fit. Um, because we thought we had a really good fit, you know, and, and you have, of course, that model, and you can look at it, and you can say, okay, now I realize what's not a good fit. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's a lesson in, in hiring the right people. It's a lesson in um, overcoming fear, and it's a lesson in um, growing. It, it's truly, a, for me, it was all of those things. So is it fair to say that it really wasn't the general manager that changed? Right. It was Dave that changed. Ah. Dave. And, Dave. and, and, and there and, isn't and anyone else in your company named Dave, is there? There's no other, <laughs> there's no other Dave. <laughs> Just making sure. I make, I, I make sure of that, too. No other Dave. I don't want to be confusing with it. So, yeah, so Dave made the biggest change. And I'll just briefly say that that change, that moment, has affected so many other parts of my business life because um, I pull the trigger now. And you know, with selectively, but I do, I'm much more swift to take action because the business has got to survive. It's got to work properly, and I see that now. Uh, and that comes from me being able to get further outside of it, kind of get that 10-mile view of it. <clears throat> well, getting further outside of it doesn't mean play on the boat all day. It does not. It means you still have to pay attention, and they have to know you're paying attention, but you don't have to be in the building to do it. Physically, that's right. So as long as they know what they're supposed to do, and they know that someone is paying attention to getting, seeing those results are getting done and happening, then, and they feel that presence, that's exactly. what leadership is, then you'll stay on that path, or you'll make another change. Correct period. Have you made any changes since? I'm curious. Uh, in staffing? Yeah. Uh, only to move an individual internally in, and then we've, we've added some other employees. Since that time, we have actually had, uh, we had a couple of technicians come in and kind of cycle through, um, left on their own accord. People that didn't meet the culture, they, so to they speak. They absolutely did not fit yeah. the culture, and they, they chose to leave. And those um, are learning experiences in itself, in for all of us, how we do better with making sure we don't bring someone in who doesn't fit our culture from the very beginning. Absolutely, and it's also uh, I've got, I heard this was told this by one of our technicians is that he, he realized that we're a very special group, very special because as these other people have come in and said this is not for me, what they were saying was is that the accountability mm -hmm. was not for them, and so the people we have appreciate the accountability because every one of them has grown because of it. You know, every I wonder, I know we weren't going to talk about this today, yeah. but you brought something up that I think is really, really important to, to just touch on real sure. quick. In this environment, it's so difficult to find staff. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, it's oh, maybe the worst ever. Okay, and it's going to get worse. We know that. Mm -hmm. That said, 
If you have someone who cycles through your company, even if they're only there for a few months, and they leave because the standards are so high that they can't live up to them, what do you think those people, or they're saying to the people around them as they go back out into the world? What, what message are they carrying with them as they go back out into other shops and talk about their experience at Murphy's Auto Care? And how does that impact future employees down the road? Well, hopefully everyone, you know, the folks that these individuals speak to and talk to, I believe that there are individuals that will realize that no, Murphy's is the kind of place I want to be. Mm -hmm. Because so many shops in our industry run so loosely, they have very little accountability. Uh, you know you know how it is. It's, it's, they still operate like we did back in the 60s and the 70s. You, you come in, you show up, and hey, whatever works, works, and that's how it rolls. And, and of course, then you get the excuse, well, that's how we do it around here. Right. And <laughs> that's the whole cycle. But I believe that that's, I believe that that's what people, because we actually have gotten an employee based on that that came to us um, who had heard, one, we had an opening, and two, we were very structured. Mm -hmm. We were very structured. Um, and those are the individuals we want. We those want. are the ones sitting in someone else's shop who has a leader that's not paying attention to the right things, who has a service writer who's not doing their job right, who has other people around them that they, they mention or, or talk about that gets shoved under the rug because the rest of the people are at that 70%. Exactly. And he wants to be better than that 70%, right. but he's got a good job, he's making good money, and the environment is tough, so he's not out there looking because he's been there for 10, 12, 15 years. And then all of a sudden, this, look, this guy comes in and says, yeah, this interview I had, or this, this job I had at Murphy's, it's a shame I didn't have more education or I wasn't smarter or I didn't this because I really would have loved to stay, but they just ran me over with how structured they were or whatever he said. And this guy is E.F. Hutton, right? Exactly. He's listening. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he says, man, I got to see Dave. And he knocks on your door. And that rock star, he's never going to see you in Craigslist. He's never going to see you exactly. on Monster. He's not looking. That's right. That, that's my, my only point is that Every interaction we have with these people is, is going out into the world around you. So not only do we want that positive to go out, but we got to be careful. Very careful. Very careful about how we interact with our staff because that message is going out too. Absolutely. There's a reflection. There's a reaction with every interaction and from every individual. And, and we do have to be aware of that um, because we do need staff. And we need the right staff, as I've obviously talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree with that, Jeff. Well, I'm always right. You know that. Well, but it's your one time today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, this has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate you sharing this. And uh, maybe we'll get lucky and one or two people out there will get uh, out of their box and, and get uncomfortable and do something. I certainly hope so. I really do. Well, thank you, Dave. I really, really enjoyed our interview together, as I know you did, you told me afterwards. Um, but I, I'd like to take a moment here and just kind of sum it all up for everyone. Um, some of you are probably saying, wow, yeah, I remember when that happened to me. Some of you are probably saying, yeah, that's happening to me right now. Uh, but all of us, I'm sure, resemble that story in some way, shape, or form. So here's what I would ask you. Are you settling for good right now? Or worse, not so good? Are the signs around you, are others around you seeing these signs and, and you're missing or ignoring them? You know, 
if this at all seems familiar to you, then the question is why? Why are you frozen? And I think Dave made it pretty clear when he used the word fear. And I would add to that and say uncomfortable. I would also say difficult. Um, all of these things just keep us from doing what we know we need to do. So here's what I'm going to leave you with today. The devil in your mind is always worse than the devil you actually face. Remember that the game your mind is playing with you is a strategy that all humans have to protect us. Recognize when that strategy that's trying to protect you is fiction. Don't let that devil freeze you and keep you from doing what you must. You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, through this podcast by clicking on the podcast link. Let me know what it is that you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.